Good evening and welcome to the Squadcast. Justin Serlo here along with Matt Gochan on a Friday night. I'm in, I'm on Long Island. I'm not in Long Island. Nobody's in an island. I'm on Long Island and in Boston is Matt Gochan joining us tonight. Matt, how are you doing? You know, I'm... I'm heading into NFL Week 3 where the New York football giants are lossless, so I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> uh, there was an interesting week for them last week. It wasn't the shootout that everyone predicted, or at least you and I predicted uh, on the Not show the last week. It was very strange, and I think the weather played a little bit uh, of a factor into it, but you know what? 2-0, you beat two pretty, uh, you know, teams that are going to be in and around the playoff hunt, at least I think. Maybe not make the playoffs come the end of the season, but definitely be in the race for it. Um, but 2-0, a good home win against the Saints, 16-13. to um, Defense played incredibly well against a really good offense. You've got to oh be ecstatic. My. I mean, you know, this this game was just such a surprise to everyone on almost every front. No one was going to predict what happened here at all. And let's just let's just read a couple of a couple of stats from last year's game. Right, last year's game ended with New Orleans winning fifty-two <laughs> to forty-nine. I want to say that again, 52-49. to 49. This year's game ended 16-13. to 13. This game's final score was the score midway through the second quarter last year. And I'm just looking at the, some of the stats from this year's game, and yeah, the offense wasn't 100% as productive as we would have liked, but the Giants had 417 total yards on the day. They kept Drew Brees off the field by possessing the ball well more than half the time. They possessed the ball for 34 minutes, opposed to New Orleans with uh, 26. And on top of that, they suffered three turnovers. Three incredibly bad, bad turnovers. Yeah. And fumbles all around. And New Orleans was not able to score on that. So the resilience of this defense and of this team is just outstanding. And I, I do understand that the offensive woes are a little bit frightening, considering how explosive this offense could and should be. But there are just far too many positives out of this game to, to be down about it. Yeah, absolutely. They got, uh, I mean, the offense definitely had its struggles, uh, as you said. I thought the, the Cruz fumble uh, early on was uh, a huge problem for them, and it sort of took away a lot of the the life that that offense probably would have had, you know, if, if he goes on and either holds on to the ball or scores on that play, but... Yeah, again, like you said, resiliency. Um, 
this is a, a, a team that last year, um, same with week one, I don't think they would have won this sort of game last year where, you know, final possession of the game, you have a chance to seal the deal. I think last year, the the mentality was we, we're not going to win this game. This year, there was that sort of belief, even after uh, Beckham dropped that catch on second down before Cruz caught the 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 third down catch to set up the game winner. Oh my, what a catch. Great catch. Um, I think there was always a belief that, you know, they were going to win this game, even if New Orleans got the ball back um, with time remaining uh, to either, you know, win the game with the game tied or if had the Giants scored a touchdown with like a minute and change left that the defense was going to hold on to it. That wasn't there last year. I think the thing is, when you win games like this, they build character. And I, I think so far we've seen a lot of character from the Giants. I completely agree with you. This, the, the, the defensive identity for the New York Giants is back. Mm-hmm. Is back. It is the... And it, it's, it's funny because it's not in the same old school sense you had with Tom Coughlin, right? In the Tom Coughlin era, the idea was, I am going to create so much pressure on the quarterback that he will be rattled and it's game over and I win. This year, I, I don't even, if I'm not mistaken, there have been only two sacks and they were both by players in the secondary. Hmm. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because it's one—it's amazing defensive performances, but they're not what you would expect typical Giants defensive performances. And why do I like that? Because the game's been evolving, right? Football is, is by far more of a passing game than it ever has been. Right. And defenses need to adapt to that, right? Carolina is probably one of the first, along with Denver— that said, we need better guys in coverage than we... Well, not better than up front, but we, we need better guys in coverage because this is a passing league now. And, you know, they were incredibly fortunate when they got Luke Keekly. Thomas Davis is not aging, and they have the best linebacker duo in the league, right? And mm-hmm. they have two guys that just control that defense, drop into coverage. It's, it's fantastic. And the Giants finally have a secondary that... I no longer get scared when it's thrown on. Janoris Jenkins. Can we please just talk? Janoris Jenkins got so much garbage from everyone for the size of the contract that he got. Everyone said he's too physical. He draws too many penalties. Right. He doesn't deserve the money, whatever, whatever, whatever. He held Des Bryant to eight yards. Eight yards. He held Brandon Cooks. To 68 yards, but no touchdowns. Through the first two games, receivers have yet to combine for 100 yards on Jenkins and no touchdowns. <laughs> that is amazing. That is not what the Giants' defense was last year and the year before and the year before that. Drew, They held Drew Brees, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, a Hall of Fame-winning quarterback, 
a quarterback who's thrown for 5,000 yards four times in his career when the rest of the NFL, I believe, has combined for like three or two times. They held him to 247 yards passing with one touchdown. What one? The, the the defensive identity is is back, and I don't know a single fan who isn't ecstatic about it. And not only that, when you when you get the defense playing well, and you get you know big turnovers, or in the case uh, on last Sunday, a big special teams play by blocking the field goal and and instantly turning it into a touchdown. Yeah, it it gives it it's. I mean. Giants special teams, as well as their defense, the past couple of years has been lacking as well. It it just sort of seems like this is a much more complete team where, you know, you, you don't have to blow out teams or, you know, put up 30 points every every week to have a right. chance of winning. And, and last year it seemed like you had to do that. Right. And, I I mean, really, if if I was to tell you today or last week when we had the segment, that Odell Beckham would not have 100 yards or a touchdown this game, you would have, and I'm sure I would have, and anyone would have said, oh, well, I guess they lost. Yeah. Everyone is worried because Beckham has yet to eclipse 100 yards or really get any touchdowns. I'm on the other side of that. I look at that and I say, Guys, do you realize the converse of that statement is the Giants have been winning without their star in full stride yet? Yeah, that's that's the important that's thing. That's an incredibly frightening thing to think about. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, New Orleans. New first of all, credit to New Orleans. New Orleans lost Delvin Bro the week before, number one corner. They lost P.J. Williams, their other corner, in the game. Everyone else there was an undrafted was a, was a rookie, uh, a practice squad player, someone they just signed like a few days before the game, and they played great. They played great, everything considered. They they stopped Beckham. Beckham did not get a touchdown. But then, how did the Giants win? Because who I think will be the offensive rookie of the year, Sterling Shepard had 117 yards. He caught every ball thrown to him. And Victor Cruz, with the exception of that fumble, if that wasn't a fumble, if he just went down, mm -hmm. he would have had over 100 yards. So defenses are realizing, wait, crap. We take Beckham out, but they have two other guys that will beat you in one-on-one -on -one coverage. There's no question about it. I think that's And all of this about Victor Cruz being old and he injured and won't come back. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's going to stop real soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what makes this offense so dangerous for the first time. Um, probably since they last won the Super Bowl in 2011-2012, you have three consistent, dependable receivers. Um, and as you said, Beckham hasn't even hit his full stride this season. He dropped probably two surefire touchdowns on Sunday. But yep. like you said, you know, Cruz steps up, has a, has a big catch. Oh. Um, you know, they're getting 
productivity out of Sterling Shepard, who's only played two professional games. So they're finding. And when you think about it. Sterling Shepard went in the second round. Who went before him? Laquan Treadwell from Ole Miss to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's actually played a snap yet. Josh Doxson on the Redskins. I'm pretty. He's been ineffective. Corey Coleman, who only had who had one good game this uh, past week too, but is now injured. And Will Fuller, who has had good games, but is has some big drops. Sterling Shepard is proving himself to. I, I think the knock the knock on him in the draft was that he's primarily a slot guy, right? He can't really play the outside very well. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's kind of working out well for the Giants. And I mean, look at the Giants' receiving core from last year. Other than Odell Beckham, who had eight receptions for 130 yards and three touchdowns, who was second in receiving that game last year in 2015? Take a guess. <laughs> um, I'm gonna guess it was. Oh, oh boy. Um. What's the wide? Re- uh, uh, I don't know. That just tell me. Shane Vereen. Sh- wow. Shane, their receiving back was second in yards and receptions in that game, <laughs> and then it goes to Ruben Randall, and then it goes to Dwayne Harris, and then it goes again to a running back. It's it's crazy, you know this. The, the entire um, air about the Giants is different because they're doing the little things you need to win the game. They obviously have the offense that's capable of putting up big points. Um, it's and let's face it, they're in a terrible division as well. And they have a really good chance to be 3-0 and at the end of this week if they can get the job done against Washington. Um, this it's, it's almost like it's, it's a brand new team. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's really the best way I think that you can um, – that, that, that you can, you know, you can say it. I mean, I, I was looking at a, at a lineup from like last year and it's like – Giants, like like Giants front four. It was like Hankins, it was it was Marcus Kuhn, it was um, and then two other people I don't even know. I I, I like forgot that they existed. <laughs> and this year you have JPP, you have Olivier Vernon, you have Snacks Harrison, and Jonathan Hankins. You have two of the best run bro- blockers in Hankins and and uh, and Snacks, and you have two elite pass rushers. They haven't gotten their sacks yet, but they have yet to give up big runs. They, they don't give up big runs. Right. They're going to say, I want you to beat us through the air. And that's when you look down there and you see Jenkins just smiling on the outside. You see Landon Collins, who's finally thrilled he can be his strong safety self, who's had a phenomenal year, by the way. Landon Collins has leads, again leads the team in tackles and has shown flashes of being an Ed Reed and a Cam Chancellor by just stopping the run and hitting the quarterback at the line of scrimmage. And it's it's just so exciting to see how defensively this team is playing. It is fun. Uh, hey, 
before we get to the uh, the the Giants and the Redskins matchup, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, tonight! Well, tonight to celebrate the end of summer, I am drinking a the end of summer and a uh, little little homesick nostalgia. We got a good old Blue Point Summer Ale. Ooh, good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I want to celebrate the beginning of fall and the beginning of Halloween season. Ooh. I went with a Magic Hat Vamplifier. Oh, be right oh. I, I, this is the first. Uh, last night was the first time I tried the beer. It's pretty good. Well done. Well done. So yeah, Squadcast, where you can listen to two people have a beer and just talk sports, like you're at a bar, except you know it doesn't cost you. Seven dollars for a beer. That's two. Mm -hmm. Okay, on to on to this week three matchup. All right. Now that we're inebriated enough to talk about Josh Norman. Yes, sir. Uh, Josh Norman, after playing the first two weeks of the season, more—I uh, don't want to say it, a zone coverage scheme, but he only plays on one side of the field, so he's not always on the opposing team's best receiver. This week, I think it was on Tuesday, he came out, the Redskins said, Josh Norman is going to be shadowing Odell Beckham Jr. no matter what on Sunday. One, do you think it was a good decision to announce that five days before the game? And two, do you think that the Redskins will actually go through with it? Um... So I have a I have a bunch of, of thoughts on this. And these were thoughts that, you know, I've heard from other people, from other writers and everything, and you know, people share the same thinking about this and it is very, very common. You know, you think about someone like Richard Sherman, where mm -hmm. it's very common where defensive schemes will have a corner stay on one side. Right. On a strong, you know, the strong or the weak side of the field. And that's totally fine. And if Josh Norman, if the scheme was to keep Josh Norman on the left side of the field for the Redskins, so he didn't cover Antonio Brown, because they move Antonio Brown everywhere in the slot, to the right, the X, wherever he was. Mm -hmm. Same with Des Bryant. If it's not your defensive scheme... It's not your defensive scheme. Now, why is this a problem? It's a problem because Josh Norman ran his mouth. And Josh Norman said, I'm the best corner in the league. Josh Norman had to come out here and tell everyone that he wants to hit Odell Beckham in the mouth till he stops crying. That he can cover the best receivers in the league, no question. He can shut people down. He, he called Demarius Thomas out when Demarius Thomas has a ring. <laughs> You, you do not call out a member of the Super Bowl winning team. You lost. You were caught crying on camera. You don't go around saying, yeah, I shut him down because he doesn't care. He's got a thing. Do I think this is a good idea? Uh, no. No, I don't. I don't think it's a good idea. First of all, to announce it, it's just absolutely terrible. It's absolutely terrible because I think what everyone's forgetting is that putting the dramatics to the side on what happened on the field with Carolina last year, 
Odell Beckham had almost 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And he yeah. kept his cool. He would have had two had touchdowns. More. Oh, yeah. He would have yeah. had the best week, best game on Josh Norman that season. Mm -hmm. And people forget that because of what happened. And, and, and rightfully so to an extent. Odell lost his temper. And there's no single Giants fan that is defending him against that. I want to put that out there. Josh Norman cannot cover Odell Beckham one-on-one. -on -one. He can't. He will have to have safety coverage behind him. So this is going to be what New Orleans did, right? You're going to leave right. Shepard and Cruz one-on-one. -on -one. We all just saw what happened to Breland against Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown beat Brashad Breland so badly, I'm pretty sure Breland was considering changing careers mid-game. <laughs> Why a defensive why a defensive plan would come out this early is it just absolutely baffles me. Yeah. Yeah. Do I think they're gonna do it? And this is where I actually turn to what Stephen A said. Because Stephen A gave one of the best viewpoints about this. Clearly their defensive scheme is not working. They got blown up by, by Pittsburgh, and I think everyone was gonna was gonna see that. You're right. You're not gonna beat Antonio Brown. I, I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. But then you had Dallas at home. You had a Des Bryant that came off on a one catch eight yard game, did not have a good season last year because of injury, who was being thrown to by a rookie quarterback who had a pretty average game against the Giants. He didn't play badly, but he didn't play extraordinary. And you couldn't beat them at home? You, you, Des Bryant had over 100 yards that game. You, what, what happened there? So I applaud Washington for at least noticing, hey, our scheme isn't working. We have to do something. I don't applaud them for coming out and saying this guy is covering Odell 24-7 because you've just given Ben McAdoo an offensive coordinator, Mike Sullivan, an unnecessary edge in this game. It, it's almost like they can now counter um, counter game plan to what Washington announced. Uh, you know, now that you're expecting, you know, solid man-to-man -man coverage on, on your best receiver, it's almost like you can devise ways to get, you know... Um, Shepard or Cruz or your tight end or Shane Vereen open instead of uh, instead of Odell. Uh, that's why I, I, I think it's a really poor job by Washington to basically show your hand so oh, far in advance. It just makes no sense tactically. It's like, uh, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, it's like telling someone I'm else what kind of fans you have in poker. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and that is one of the more baffling things about this, especially why was Josh Norman good? Josh Norman was good because the Panthers' defense yeah. was good. And, and they had linebackers that could get to the, oh, the, the quarterback. They had right? a great defensive line. They, they had a solid all-around defense that made it easy for Josh Norman to pick off passes while quarterbacks were scrambling for their lives. And now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't, I don't think the Washington defense is is that good. 
Uh, no, especially how it's been teared up the, the past, or the first few weeks of the season. So I think we can expect the the Giants' offense to, you know, hit 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 their hit their stride in this game a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. You know, everyone gives everyone gives Eli a little bit of a uh, little bit of shade for not throwing a touchdown against New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I think we have to think about this now because yes, it's only two games in, but Eli Manning leads the NFL in completion percentage. He's completed 84% of his passes. He threw for 370 yards against the Saints. Yeah, they went up and down the field. They just couldn't score it. Exactly. And, I mean, I'm looking at this defensive roster, right? You you know, you have Ziggy Hood. You have Colin Jenkins, who used to play for the Giants. Chris Baker and Ryan Kerrigan. Now, Ryan Kerrigan is the best player on that front four. And he's, I mean... He's not a star pass rusher, you know. I'm not going to be afraid of someone like Ryan Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. And the linebackers, I, you know, they're pretty much people that we are not really familiar with. Then you get to the corners, right? Now we have Breland and now we have Norman. And then you have D'Angelo Hall and David Bur- Bruton in the uh, in the backfield, uh, in the safety position. And, I mean, you know, you're looking at this right now, you're probably going to have what? Hall or, or Bruton work with Norman to cover Odell. Okay, so you're going to leave Breland on, on who? Shepard? Or, or Cruz? Let, let's just say you put Breland on Cruz because you think, oh, Cruz is older, Breland just shuts him down. Okay, let's let's assume that. You're, you're going to let Sterling Shepard, who in two games has a touchdown, uh, over 200 yards, and only, I believe, one one mental mishap. I, I mean, kid's going to go to town. Yeah. It's... And the best part about that is that Odell Beckham could not care any less about his stats. He, he couldn't. Every time he asked about it, all he says, he raves about Shepard. He raves about Cruz. He doesn't care. He wants to win. Yeah, I, I think... I love that about him. Judging from how quiet... Beckham has been this past week. You get the sense that what happened between him and Norman last year has turned into that valuable learning experience that everyone yeah. hoped it would be. And right. he seems to have just moved on from it and matured a quite a lot um, ba- based on everything that we've heard from him or haven't heard from him this week. And that, that is so important for the Giants who, I mean, above all, they, they want Odell on the field. And more importantly, um, or perhaps just as importantly, you know, this is, this is an organization that prides themselves in, you know, conducting themselves in a proper manner. And I think, I think it, it was very embarrassing for the Giants what happened in that game last year where Oh, absolutely. Beckham, Beckham, by all means, probably should have uh, been thrown out of the game, and they re yes. they re they rewrit the rules basically for him and right. keep to leave a little bit in the Super Bowl. Let's not forget that. But yeah. you know, when you have a player that just loses his mind in in a game like Beckham did last season, but comes back and shows that he's 
hopefully learns his lesson, and I think he has. That's wonderful to see out, out of your young, out of your young player. Oh, absolutely. And I think a, a lot of people overlook the benefit that Beckham adds, right? Because you think of a wide receiver and how can they help the team? Oh, by catching balls, running with them, and getting touchdowns. And that's true. Don't don't get me wrong here, but the the benefit of having a player like Odell Beckham and Julio Jones and Dez and back in the day with Megatron, right? When they're on the field, even if they have mundane, boring games, if they're on the field, they're drawing double coverage. Right. Which means that someone else is getting open. And the big problem with the Giants last year was the people who were open can't catch. <laughs> yeah, now, that, that's a little open, bit of a problem. Now it's a problem for people. Yeah, because now everyone can catch, and you 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 just you just have this um, this really good harmony with this team that you know if someone doesn't perform well, someone else is going to step up. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a, that's a great, great, great point for this team. It's finally, Giants fans are in a position where we were we were in that position for both Super Bowls, right? When it came to pass rushers, at least. Oh, Strahan can't get to the quarterback. Oh, wait, OC's over there. Tuck is over there. JPP is, is over there later on. So with the pass rush, we were, we were spoiled. We were spoiled because someone could always get to the quarterback. And now it's that way on the offensive side of the ball. It's, oh, wait, you, you, shut, down, you shut down Odell Beckham? We have Sterling Shepard. You shut down Shepard? Oh, wait, we have Cruz. It is when the Giants won in 2011 – Bill Belichick told his team, make Eli throw to Manningham. Mm -hmm. This is a Knicks and Cruz game. Boy, was that a mistake. Yeah. And this wide receiver trio is better than that wide receiver trio. Easily better. I would agree with that, yes. So what are you going to do? This is an Odell Beckham and this is an Odell Beckham game. Make him throw to... Oh, wait, Cruz, who really hasn't looked like he lost a step. <laughs> or Shepard, who, gr great player all around. It's it's an exciting time. To, the, the Giants, we have suffered for so long. And it's an exciting time for us. Do you, do you think there's, there's any reason to be worried with the Redskins? Because they're 0-2. Yes. Two two losses at home. Yes. They are super desperate. Kirk yep. Cousins might not even be the starting quarterback after this week if things don't go well. Um, do you think there is that that sort of like desperation to win that that Washington is going to come with? Absolutely. I, you know, Washington is staring down an zero and three start right now of the season. Mm -hmm. The Giants were in the same position last year. They lost their first two games. And then they were going, oh, wait, I could be wrong with that. No, they lost their first two last year. Wasn't San Francisco second? No, they beat uh, Atlanta was the... Uh, the oh, that's week. right, that's right, okay. They, so yeah, yeah, they were 0-2, they were Washington was the third week, so they were staring down an 0-2 start, 0-3 start, rather. Right. So 
there is obviously a level of desperation for the Washington Redskins now. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you don't want to do is underestimate someone who's backed into a corner. The Washington Redskins are backed into a corner now. Will they rise to the challenge? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. You can, you can play with desperation as much as you want, but if, I mean, the, the talent will show itself. And so far, that talent level has just not been been there for right, Washington. I mean, you, you look at the offensive side of the ball, right? They have Deshaun Jackson, who mm-hmm. is a little bit older in terms of receivers, but oh, you're he's... not going to disrespect Deshaun Jackson. You have Pierre Garçon, yeah. who is a very serviceable slot person. A, a, a very good wide receiver, too. You have Jordan Reed, who's a top three, top four tight end in the league. And you have Matt Jones, who's shaping up to be a very good young running back. They have the tools. The tools are there. Maybe it's rust with Kirk Cousins. Maybe it's dissent in the locker room like we've heard rumors of. Whatever the reason is, you got to think Jay Gruden is going to get that team in the best position to win. Right. Will they rise to the Giants? And if they do rise to that challenge, will the Giants bring it up a notch. And I, I think they will. I think Odell has been having mundane... I think he's been having slow games on purpose. I'll be 100% honest with you. I think he's not been showing his entire hand. I think that's like their weapon, where if it's like, when in doubt, we're going to just unleash Odell. <laughs> because in the first two seasons, Odell was in double coverage and caught those balls. Odell was being dragged to the ground by the Cowboys' secondary and caught the ball with one hand. Odell Beckham cannot be underestimated. And I think the Redskins might. I I, I really think they will. I think they're going to think, oh, Norman got into his head. Well, that's why we're going to put him on Odell for the entire game. Norman's going to get into his head and shut him down again. And all will be fine. The question that I think is even more interesting is, what do you think about this? Do you think Gruden's job is in jeopardy? Um, not immediately, but I mean, I, I think if they don't have a season where at least they compete for the playoffs, he could right. be in trouble uh, for next season. This is only, this is what, his third season as head coach? Yeah, he took over in 2014. Um, you know, three seasons, it's usually, you know, you usually know after three seasons whether a, a coach is going to, you know, have a chance to be successful with an organization. And many owners and general managers will only give, you know, coaches right. three years. I'm not sure if he's done enough over those three years to... I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so. Especially with the offensive weapons he has, he has no excuse. The thing is, they they did make the playoffs last year. They did, they did. Um, And the first season, yeah, they planned on having uh, RG3 healthy and fully functioning. He played a lot, but anyone watching that season could tell he he was not at 100% and that team just lacked um, 
a really good quarterback. Right. Um, so perhaps his first season was a little bit underwhelming. This year, right. I mean, right, right. I think, you know, you have to either make the playoffs or come, you know, really close to making the playoffs to be back. But if he goes, to be honest, if he goes 4-12, and 5-11, and 11, he's probably out. Uh, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I, unfortunately, I unfortunately agree with you. I think it's unfortunate because yeah, I, I I did like Jay Gruden. I mean, people need to remember that, and maybe it's the lack of play people saw with Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a lot of tape on him. Defenses couldn't prepare for Kirk Cousins. So in the second half of last season, he was on fire. Yeah, led the NFL in QBR and completion percentage, like. He was, oh man! But now people are kind of, you know, they're they're picking up on it. They're like, wait a minute, we we know what he can do and what he can't do, and the list of what he can't do is far greater. And if 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 you watch the the Washington Dallas game last week, he did not play well. No, he didn't. He played average at best, yeah. and then that last interception. That wasn't even close. That was square in the chest of the defender. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with Kirk Cousins, but I'm not complaining about it. I mean, it, it's almost like he he reached his uh, ceiling of potential last year. Like that was, you know, you knew you probably weren't gonna get a a ten year Pro Bowl career out of Kirk Cousins. You're just trying to see how long you could ride that wave, but it seems it seemed like it, it crested last season, and now it's it's just nothing left in him. Yeah, unfortunate, but you know, I mean, we saw last year that a quarterback who can be at least serviceable, yeah, can win a Super Bowl. Because well, let's all be real here: Pey- Peyton Manning was not Peyton Manning last year. That's also true, but. The Broncos' defense is a, a hell of a lot better than the, there it the Redskins' is. defense. Defense wins championships, everyone. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Jay Gruden, though. If he comes back, you know, he, he deserves the chance to pick his own starting quarterback because when he yes. got there, he entered in the middle of that crazy... RG3 saga where Daniel Snyder, probably one of the worst owners in the NFL, by the way. Um, If not the worst. (laughs) I I think we both know who takes the cake for worst owner. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Jerry Jones. Jones. Crazy Jerry. Um... (laughs) So I, I think, yeah, I would like to see what Jay Gruden can do when he's given a chance to, you know, create a franchise of his own. When he's allowed to, you know, select who should be his, uh, who's going to be the franchise quarterback. I mean, he didn't even get to choose who his backup quarterback was going to be. He just sort of inherited Kirk Cousins from from the old regime as well, from the Mike Shanahan days. So he really has only been able to to sculpt the offensive um, philosophy 
and the play calling. And, you know, the, it, to, it's such a, a small amount of what goes into building a, a functioning NFL team that he almost deserves another year just based on the fact that he deserves to try something of his own. Right. I agree with you. Everyone keeps saying, oh, but he chose Kirk Cousins. No, 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 no. no. He chose Kirk Cousins over RG3. That was his choice. It was one of them. It's just like, uh, it's like uh, choosing... It was the lesser of two evils. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this election. So, what's your prediction for the game, uh, Giants, Skins? Um, I, I, I like the Giants uh, by a lot in this game. I think we will see a lot of fire from the Redskins. I think they'll be a little bit chippy because of the Josh Norman thing. I don't expect things to get crazy because I think the Giants um, are a lot more mature and they're going to conduct themselves a lot better than they did against Norman last season. Um, I'll say Giants 24, Redskins 10. I was going to say a two-score game. Yeah. I agree with... I agree with... Um, well, let's see. I think at least two score. I I, I think the, the the Redskins will get to 10. I could see the Giants. I think the Giants, it'll be at least a 24. I would I would not be surprised if it was 30, 33-ish, 31, 33-ish yeah. around there. Especially if, if they get all three receivers clicking. Absolutely. Um, the yeah, that is, that is, I mean, weeks. look at look at Dallas, right? When they yeah. touch down to Shepard, touch down to Cruz. Like, you know, the offense is, is, is going to be explosive. And, and now is the time for Washington's defense to step up. I, 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 don't, think it, I don't think it can. I, I think it has already reached its peak, really. But we'll see. We shall see. Uh, that game is at 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon at MetLife Stadium. Giants and the Redskins. Um, to the other NFL team in New York, the New York Jets. The Bills? <laughs> no. Oh. God, no. <laughs> um, the New York Jets, who are 1-1. One one, uh, we talked about them last week after they beat Buffalo. Or, or rather, after Buffalo beat themselves. 1-1 um, one one on the road. Difficult place to go and get a win in Kansas City. But a late game. Uh, coming off a week where the Chiefs lost to the Reds, to the uh, not to the Reds, to the Texans uh, last Sunday. Yes. Um, this is gonna be a tough game for the Jets, I think. I don't think it will be as tough as um, people think, and the reason I don't think so is Jamal Charles is not playing still. Right. So Spencer Ware is your back, and. You know, Spencer Ware is a smaller, shiftier guy who will have to run through Leonard Williams, Muhammad Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there are there are no two. There's no better duo than that. I mean, really though, there's no better duo than that. And do they have receivers? Oh, sure. You know, Jeremy Macklin is is no scrub. Travis Kelsey as a tight end is probably that. That number five tight end and top five right there, I would say. Yep. 
but who's Alex Smith is just Alex Smith is not someone who will win the game for you. He won't lose the game for you, but he won't win the game for you. Right. You can't give the ball to Alex Smith with a minute left for a game-winning drive and expect magic to happen. It's it's not going to happen. I think if the Giants def uh, the Giants, I think if the Jets defense can really really clamp down like they did in Buffalo, I think this game will... I, I think Buffalo was more talented than Kansas City. That might be stretching it a little bit. Uh, I mean, you know, Sammy Watkins over Macklin. I would take McCoy over yeah, Ware. Sammy Watkins is, is not nearly as healthy as he as he should be when he's, when he's healthy. I, I, think, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Because, you know, Decker and Marshall also aren't 100% really. Right. Um, I don't even know if none was playing because of concussion protocol, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, I think he uh, he wasn't on the injury report that I saw. I know okay. Marshall is a game-time decision, but I didn't see anything about Inunua. I think, I think it'll be a low-scoring game, but I think the Jets will win it. Because the Jets also, like you said, they're also in a sense of urgency right now. Yeah. They're looking at the fact that the Patriots, without Tom Brady, are three and zero. Don't remind me. If they want to be in the playoff hunt, they need to win these games. Yeah, I th- this is a game where where if you're a legitimate playoff contending team, you have to win. And these are the games that the that last year the Jets didn't win, uh, and, and ultimately it's what ends up costing you a playoff spot. Right. And it's only week three. There's a lot of football left to be played this season. There are, there are. But, but at the same time, you know, uh, against a team that you know probably I would say is Matt uh, has an equal amount of talent. Um, I think okay. playing them on the road doesn't help the Jets at all uh, because Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, it 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 gets crazy there for the opposition. Um, true, very true. And Alex Smith at Arrowhead Stadium is just very difficult to beat uh, a, as well. So, that's true. I, I, I that that's true. I, yeah, if if this game were at the Meadowland at MetLife Stadium, I think I would be a lot more comfortable with the Jets finding a way to win this game. But I don't know. It's gonna. They're gonna need to be able to run the ball effectively. Matt Forte is going to have to have um, as good of a game as he had against Buffalo. I think if the Jets want to be able to win this game, and they've got to be able to stop, you know, some big plays. Last week against Buffalo, you can't have those lapses in in coverage where someone is running literally all alone down the sideline. Right. You, you have to be right, a lot right. tighter than that. I think you'll be able to be a lot um, tighter as far as that goes because Alex Smith really is, is not a, a deep ball quarterback. No. He's more of someone who's just going to pick you apart little by little. But we saw against the Bengals in week one – that also killed the Jets. Those little, you know, plays that you know, f- right. balls in the air for only five yards, but you know, right. there's 15 yards after the catch, and you got a 20-yard play out of nothing. So, 
I, I, I want to say I'm confident that the Jets will be able to do something here. But at the same time, uh, I respect the Chiefs too much at home to be able to say that with a lot of confidence. Is there any other uh, any other game week three you're uh, you're excited about? Um, there were a couple. Let me pull up the schedule because we were looking at this before the show began. Yeah. And um, I'd like to say um, one I'm actually very excited about is Steelers versus the. That's gonna be a good game. Both because I want to see what Carson Wentz can really do. Yeah. Carson Wentz beat the you know Carson Wentz is two and zero. The Eagles are two and Carson Wentz two and zero. Not taking away anything from Carson Wentz, he has played great, great football. But also, you know, I can get a four point GPA <laughs> and go to community college, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Eagles beat the Browns. And let's all be real here, the University of Alabama can beat the Browns. <laughs> and who they play last week? The, the Bears. Monday night. Yeah. Where Cutler hurt his thumb and took himself out. The Steelers offense is going to force Carson Wentz to put points on the board. And I'm, I'm very eager to see how he'll respond. Uh, so like my exciting game for for week three. You know, here's the thing: the first two weeks, the Eagles, they put up points, but they weren't. They didn't have to put up points to win because the level of competition was just crap. Um, Steelers offense, you know, they're gonna put up twenty five, thirty, even more than that points. So Carson wants every series with the ball. He's going to be under pressure to put up points unless the Eagles' defense comes up with the game of their lives and shuts them down. Um, I think I think the Steelers are playing too good right now uh, for them to be slowed down by the Eagles. I've been impressed by Philadelphia, um, but I, I, I think they're going to be overmatched here. I agree. I mean... You know, you, you look at this game, and let's look at the coaching also, right? This is Doug Peterson's first day, his, his debut as a coach. Right. Mike Tomlin is no scrub. <laughs> Mike Tomlin is probably a top five football coach in the league right now. Yes. He's worked with this specific team for three years now, especially on the defense side of the ball, like three years. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin is a smart man. He knows what he's going to have to do to try to rattle this rookie. And that's not saying that Hugh Jackson and John Fox were not smart coaches. But let's all be real here. The Steelers roster is infinitely better than their rosters. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see it. It'll be his first real test in the NFL. How nervous are you going to be about that NFC East as a Giants fan if the Eagles come away with a win here? And so yeah, that's, season that's, three and that's cause for worry. Yeah, uh, that that tells you probably a lot more about the Eagles than it would the Steelers. I mean, if the Steelers lose here, I mean, let's face it, they're still gonna, you know, probably win that AFC North division.
But if the Probably. Eagles win here, I mean, the sky's the limit. The, the sky's the limit. Uh, yeah, like you know, everyone's talking about the um, the ease of schedule for the Giants. I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles have a, a very a very nice schedule as well, right? So they have the Steelers. Yeah. This and they have the Lions. Who the Lions have been, actually been playing fairly well, but that could be a wash. The Redskins, we'll see that. The Vikings and then Cowboys, Giants, Falcons, Seattle. Seattle could be an issue. Is that home or Packers? You know what? Falcons is an interesting one because the Falcons have been playing really well as of, as of recently, and then the Bengals. You know, I'm I, the the last half of this schedule is in, very interesting defensively. It's it's far more it's it's far stronger defensively than the first few games. So. Yeah, but you're you're right. If if they beat the if, if they can outgun the Steelers, this this Eagles team is maybe the Eagles found their quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a guy that the Browns fired people over for scouting. And that hey, Jared Goff is still a backup. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean uh, I mean the Rams Surprised me. They beat the the Seahawks uh, on Sunday, but I think that game ended nine to three. Um, nine to three, and I, that's the Los Angeles Rams still haven't scored a touchdown since nineteen ninety four. Oh, okay, three field goals, and that's all it takes. That <laughs> and uh, Seattle's Seattle's offense is. Oh. Unstable at best, but their defense is still. Oh yeah, still, still there. If they do anything this season, uh, it'll be because their defense is still one of the best in the game. Uh, right. Their offensive line, uh, after they lost uh, Okung over the off season. Yeah. Well, Russell they, Wilson they lost Unger the year before in the Jimmy yep. Graham trade. That was their all-star center. By the way, is <laughs> is there a trade that? Uh, Looks worse right now than that one. For both teams. Graham, for both Max teams? Unger trade? Yeah. Um, honestly? <laughs> I would say the, 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 the draft pick trade for RG3 still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that trade was just unbelievable. I mean, granted the Rams maybe haven't capitalized with all those picks yet, but... But... They got Aaron Donald out of it, which is, you know... They got three healthy players instead of... One broken player, so... Yeah, you know, you, you you sold the farm. And, like, you know, the Eagles took a risk doing the same exact thing. And so far, it's working out for them. And the you Vikings know, we, we only did the hope same that thing, it, too. It, it can continue to work out for them. And the, and the Vikings did the the same thing, too, this past uh, offseason. And so far, oh God, it's, that's worked right. out, it's worked out for the them. first-round pick for Sam Bradford. Hey, I, it's worked so far. It has worked so far, but, you know, with, as we've talked about personally, the status of that offensive line, the loss of Adrian Peterson, that team is going to depend on their defense, too. Yeah. Sam Bradford is not really a mobile quarterback. You know, he's not like Russell Wilson who can scramble around and give you time. Right. Sam Bradford 
is going to hurt himself after a strong gust of wind hits him in the face. <laughs> I, it's, I don't know, I've, I've been raised with the Mara and Tish way of thinking that we never trade draft picks. <laughs> and and I, I, I think, I, I, I'd rather gamble on a rookie and a prospect than trade away draft picks for, you know, Sam Bradford. I mean, here's the thing, though. That that Vikings defense right now is playing so good. I don't want to say they're playing, you know, last year Denver-type good or 2013 Seahawks-type good, but it's pretty close, and it might be good enough where as long as Bradford stays healthy and he doesn't soil the sheets by throwing a couple of big interceptions, it might be good enough to make a serious playoff run. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the defense, I believe, the defense is ranked in the top three. I, I believe it's, it's very Denver, good. Denver, no, I think that maybe they're top two, Denver and then Minnesota. Yeah. Granted, the first week they played uh, Tennessee, who isn't really going right. to scare you. And then... Green Bay. Um, they shut down Sunday Green night. Bay. That was that was surprising. Yeah, it was surprising, but uh, it's just something about Green Bay this year. I don't think they've quite. I don't think they've quite clicked yet. I I, I know it's Aaron Rodgers. Something doesn't feel right. Yeah, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and we should be like, oh, they shut down Green Bay. What a performance! But I, it it just seems like they still have better football to be played than than what they've shown the first two weeks. No, you're right. And I mean, you know, I, I understand that it's still a performance and it still counts, but statistically speaking, Aaron Rodgers has played his worst, his absolute worst against Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Who is a great coach, by the way. So, fantastic. He's done wonders with Minnesota. Yep. Um, let's see what else is going on this week. You have Packers, Lions, and another NFC North game where the Packers, I don't want to call this a must-win for them, but with Minnesota 2-0, although um, they gonna the Vikings themselves are going to run into a tough game against the Panthers. At home against the Lions, I would expect the Packers to really come out and uh, guns a-blazing this game and sort of put any doubters right. to, to bed. I agree with you. It isn't a must win, but it's if they lose this game, it's not going to be a good look. You know, Aaron yeah. Rodgers not only has to win this game, he has to win with authority. Yeah, I would agree. He has, to, he has to win. He has to show everyone, I'm still Aaron Rodgers. What else do we have this week? Um, We were talking about this. There, There's a couple of, you know, really... Interesting games. Obviously, Redskins, Giants. We went into Steelers, Eagles is going to be good. Vikings, I think Panthers. Saints, Falcons. Monday night is going to be an interesting game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but only in the sense I think, at least, it's like one of these teams is going to have a chance to get a wild card spot because I don't think either of them are going to knock off the Panthers in the division. 
and right. the other team is just gonna have a miserable season. True, true. I'm. I. You're right. I'm. I'm more interested because the Saints have played well enough to be two and zero. That's that. Also, is true. They lost to the Raiders on a last second. Like really, that was a yeah, coin toss. That was going to Crabtree for that two point conversion. That was, and then Drew Brees still marched down the field, and it was, you know, just bad luck at the end over there. Missed field goal. And then against the Giants. You know, I mean, well, the, the Giants did play very well, but I I think, you know, it could be very interesting. Let's see. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Panthers, the, the Panthers honestly have the schedule to probably go 14-0 and 0 again at least. I mean, Minnesota is interesting, but they're, they're not going to lose to Atlanta. They're not going to lose to Tampa. They're not going to lose to New Orleans. The Cardinals might want revenge. That could be interesting. The Rams are still an absolute toss-up. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how you get bageled by San Francisco and then lose. I mean, and then win against Seattle. That that baffles me. So there. I mean, the Cardinals and the Seahawks on the Panthers' schedule look like losses to me. Mm-hmm. But. No, you're right. The Panthers seem to pretty much have this division on lock already. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they didn't run away with it. Um, we got Cardinals Bills. That ought to be a barn burner. Ah! <laughs> you can say that the Cardinals will, dare I say, fly away with the victory. <laughs> he could. <laughs> This this might be, this might be the the game of the week, where you you look at the, the, bottom line on the your TV set and you see something like, thirty five to three at halftime, and it's just like, thank God I that thank, God this game isn't, on my television right now. Oh yeah, I mean. There's a lot of dysfunction, you know. For for all the dysfunction that Washington has, the Buffalo is just as bad. Yeah, you know there, there there's absolutely no more faith in Rex Ryan. Why Rob Ryan is even there, I'm not entirely sure. Still, <laughs> um, it, it's that's such a strange situation. Uh, ownership is having uh, meetings with the players, which I, can't be good. I mean, because. Uh, <laughs> Who who are the players going to blame themselves? No, they're gonna blame, they're gonna blame the coaching staff, and it's probably why the offensive coordinator is out, and it's probably why Rex Ryan might be out the door if uh, unless he manages to win one of these two upcoming games. Um, I think either way, he's 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 out this year. Well, yeah, I think he's out at the end of this year anyway, but right. he could get an early start to that vacation. Um, if if they don't win, uh, if they start off zero and four, cause... I think Rex has to go back to being a defensive coordinator. Oh yes, I agree. I mean, not as I said last week, his defensive schemes are good, and he knows how to coach a defense. But when it comes to 
organization and overall team strategy, you know, situational it's like, awareness. Yeah. It's just not there. It's just, I mean, he's been a head coach now in the league. This is his eighth year, I believe. And um, he hasn't improved since he first got into the league. And you would think after so much time, you know, he would have improved a little bit. But it's it literally is same old Rex from 2009. And that's a little bit disappointing. Unfortunately. You know, I mean, it's 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 got to be tough, right? When you had this dream of yours, you finally made it, and it's just not working out for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's happened before, right? It happened to Steve Spagnuolo yep. with the Giants right now. It happened to Nick Saban, mm-hmm. who could not do it as an NFL head coach. It, it happened um, to, to North Turner, who was laughed yeah. out of San Diego, and now he's he's running a great offense uh, in Denver, and, and yeah. he's a Super Bowl uh, champion. So, I mean, even look at um, Josh McDaniels in the Patriots, right? He he tried his uh, he tried his 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 feet in in head coaching, it didn't work out, and I think Rex is just too arrogant Watch of a him. person to admit that to himself. That I gave it a good run. It's not going to happen. And, you know, it's unfortunate because he really has left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths about him now. Yeah, correction. Uh, North Turner is in Minnesota. And right, right, right. Uh, he's um, obviously turned that offense around and certainly got him off to a good start so far this year. Uh, he just he just had an offense that had Sam Bradford beat Aaron Rodgers. I just, let's yeah. all just remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, some coaches just, you know, have to stay on one side of the ball. Um, you know, not, not everyone has cut out to be a, a head coach in the in the NFL. And um, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, you know, you may not go down in history as, you know, one of the best coaches of all time, but I mean... If you put together a really good defense, you're going to be remembered for that defense too. Buddy Ryan is remembered a lot more for that 86 Bears defense that he coordinated than he is for being a head coach. And there's nothing wrong with his legacy. Nothing wrong with it at all. Um, We have the... uh, the, I, I think it's funny that they put... Bears Cowboys on Sunday night, uh, in prime time. Considering the Bears have looked like a dumpster fire, and the Cowboys, well, they're the Cowboys. Um, this should be an entertaining game to watch what? because I really want to. <laughs> I really want to see the Cowboys find a way to lose this game, especially because it seems like Chicago is going to be starting. Brian Hoyer at quarterback if Jay Cutler isn't healthy. I, I mean, it's... it's I, I think... Here's the, here's the thing with Chicago, right? Is that they do have John Fox. And right. John Fox is a good coach. They do have a pair of linebackers in Danny Trevathan and rookie Leonard Floyd that could do some damage. 
and just like the Giants haven't hit their offensive stride, I think the Bears could still hit their stride. And, you know, rookie quarterback and Dak, Ezekiel Elliott is Eddie Lacy fat right now. It's it's that it's gonna you're right, it's gonna be an entertaining game to say the least. Yeah. Um I think it's a good test to see uh the nerve of the Dallas Cowboys, how well these young guys do under pressure. Right. Dak Prescott his first primetime game. Um the Cowboys at home for this one. Um and depending on what happens with the Eagles and the Giants earlier on in the day, you know, this this could be an early um maybe not a, a must win game, but you know, a game where they're gonna need to win if they wanna, you know, keep pace in that in that NFC East. Right. I mean, you know, if they lose, they go down one and two. They're one and one in the division. Uh, if the Giants win, they're three and zero oh and two and zero oh in the division. It's digging into a deep hole you don't want to. Right. Um. Yeah, especially if both these, if both the Giants and the Eagles somehow win tomorrow, and the Cowboys don't, and they're, I, they're two games behind each in the division, and they've already lost to the Giants. Um, you know, it, it's... It, it would put them in a bad situation if they have aspirations to win the division. Absolutely. You know, another game I'm, I'm just looking at right now that I'm going to be very interested to watch, Colts-Chargers. Andrew Luck yeah. is still winning. Yeah, he's had a, a, a little bit of a rough go to it this season. I mean, his defense... His offensive line might be as bad as Minnesota's. If not worse. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. First week of the season, his defense lets him down. Gives up a, a terrible game-ending drive against Detroit, who... They should beat Detroit. Let's be honest. Right. Last week, you're playing against probably, Denver. for my money, the, the best defense in the NFL... On the road, and I'll tell you what, Colts put up a hell of a fight in that game. I know oh, I was watching it, you were watching it, and we were both expecting the Colts to get just uh, slaughtered. Literally, we were both afraid that Andrew Luck would be walking out of the stadium yeah. on a, uh, in crutches. Um, but he kept them in that game, and he, they, they, had, they did a really good job in the first half. Yep. Um, that he had defense, one late turnover, but yeah. I mean, all in all, he's he's been playing great all in all. Yeah, you, you always knew that um, they were going to have a difficult time to win that game. Right. But I, I thought he did a, a really good job keeping right. them in the game and giving them a decent chance to win it. Um, if that defense, if the Colts defense, I think, didn't have to stay on the field uh, so much right. in, in the first half. They gave up a lot of yards, and they didn't really force any turnovers. Yeah. Um, I mean, they also, they lost. I, I think they're, they're down like six starting defensive backs right yeah, now. Yeah, they, they're, they're, I mean, we should take a trip down to Indianapolis. Maybe they could use a couple of guys. 
I, 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 I would play strong safety all day. <laughs> I'm not sure if they have use for a five foot four defensive back, but I try. Um, in Indianapolis, I y y yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought the Colts. Uh, had a good showing of themselves despite the loss and the the two late defensive touchdowns for the Broncos. Yeah, I agree. Let's move to baseball now. Um, <laughs> it seems like no one wants to win this final National League wildcard spot. Um, or either of them because it's basically a three-way tie for two positions in the National League with the Cardinals, the Which Mets, is absolutely hysterical, and, and the Giants, all of whom just keep finding ways to lose games or put themselves in a position where the other two, two teams can capitalize. And no matter what, no one wins these games. And last night, last night I think every Mets fan in the world simultaneously almost died of an aneurysm and then died of an aneurysm because they were their emotion had been so tilted in the opposite way over oh. uh, the over a course of 10 minutes um first of all they're trailing by two runs to the Phillies in the ninth inning last night when Jose Reyes it's a game-tying two-run home run, which in itself was kind of spectacular. Oh, yeah. Tenth inning, Lucas Duda, by the, by the width of my beer bottle, misses a walk-off home run right along the, the fair pole. Then they give up a two-run home run in the top of the 11th, and then as Jubal Cabrera... Hits probably oh the biggest home run of his life. Bat flips the ever-loving God out of his bat and walks off for the Mets. It was such an incredible way for the Mets to win. And you know what? I you know I, I I am a Yankees fan. You're a Yankees fan. Baseball is better than the Bronx. Better in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. If that trophy goes to New York, it better be going to the Bronx. Yep. But this was such a great win for the Mets. It, it was a win that the team needed to really try to carry some momentum into the last stretch of the regular season where they, they really need to make a run to secure this spot. And, and I mean, it's very possible, right? They're, they're in a four-game shoot with the Phillies. Then they have them at Marlins and then at Philly, and, and then at Phillies again. Mm -hmm. Phillies aren't that great of a team. They... You know they could really make a, um, they could really do some damage here with that. It's just also you, you look at their injuries and it's a little bit disheartening. Yeah, uh, no Jacob Degrom for the rest of the season. Or Steven no, Matz. In no Matz, obviously no Harvey, who's been out since uh, May or June. You have um, Syndergaard who has an illness. Yeah, um, Syndergaard is gonna miss. To uh, Sunday start, I believe, with yeah. uh, strep throat. Um, it literally is all hands on deck now. Right now, as we speak, the Mets are winning seven to three 
in the top of the sixth. They just had a huge six-run fifth inning. Um, gotcha. uh, Michael Conforto with the big three-run home run for the Mets, um, who are right now on top of the wild card race. If the season were to end right now, they would host San Francisco in the in the playing game. St. Louis got shut out by the by the Cubs earlier today, five nothing, seven shot innings for Jake Arietta. And um so St. Louis is a game behind both the Giants and the Mets in that um uh free for all in the in the National League wild card race. Um Yeah, so St. Louis's schedule doesn't look very easy either. They're they're playing the Cubs now. Then they have the Reds, and they finish against the Pirates. And the Pirates, Pirates are a good team. Yeah. Um, San Francisco, on the other hand, is seeing the Padres right now. So I mean, yeah, let's be real here; they're yeah. the Padres. You should win that game. Yeah, that should win that entire series. Yeah. Um, uh, the Rockies is that after game? that, and then the Dodgers, which is interesting. So you know the the. I think the Giants have the easiest schedule, mm-hmm. and I think the Mets have the second easiest. Yeah, and I think it's very, very close because I don't, I don't consider the Phillies to be a respectable franchise whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very, it's going to be very tough because all things considered, the Mets are far more injured right now, so they're going to have to do it with offense which they haven't been able to produce consistently this year. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned St. Louis having to play Pittsburgh. And I know Pittsburgh has a lot of ground to make up, but they're only four games back in the loss column behind San Francisco. So, I mean, they haven't been eliminated yet, so they're probably going to be fighting for their lives against St. Louis as well. So, I mean... Yeah, you, you, you're going to have, I mean, and who knows what's going on with San Francisco. They've been so terrible during the uh, the second half of the season that oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they just dropped out of this entirely in the last week, especially. Yeah, is that um, is that series against uh, Colorado, is that home or away for them? That is home. Okay, they got a little bit of a break. If they if they had to go to Colorado, both final series are are home. Yeah, if they had Colorado, to, if they had to go to Colorado and play up in that thin air and give up home runs left and right, I'd be a lot more concerned for them. But uh, they should be able to handle the Rockies in San Francisco. It could be a, dare I say, rocky end to the season. Oh, oh. <laughs> I I hate you so much. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, get if uh, if they win all of their games, they could have a giant ending to their season. No, I'm gonna no dodge that one. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> uh, Ryan King wanted more bad puns last week, so we are we're we're honoring him tonight. 
Hopefully our Mets correspondent, Ryan King, can join us next week. Hopefully. He's at the uh, the NYCFC game tonight at Yankee Stadium. Uh, and it's 3-1 to New York City uh, against the Chicago Fire. Uh, not the TV show, the soccer team. Uh, big game Ooh. for... Uh, Big game for NYC. Um, they drew last week against DC United, so they could really use a win here as they head towards the uh, the playoffs. And they should have one of the top seeds in the Eastern Conference if if all goes well. Very true. Very true. Yeah, I, I was looking for that soccer game on TV, and I can only find it in Spanish. Because the Yes Network is showing the Yankee game tonight, and they usually air those games. And for some reason, neither ESPN or Fox Sports has the game. So it's only on, I think, Univision? What channel is this? Yeah, uh, Univision. And it's only in Spanish. So luckily I've been studying Spanish uh, this past summer. So I'll be able to understand a little bit of it at least. So we have Nueva York versus Chicago Fuego. Si, claro. <laughs> um, let's see. What else uh, do we have uh, as far as sports go? We have the Hockey World Cup, which has been um, very underwhelming in, in my point of view. Um, I honestly haven't seen any of it. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think you're missing that much. Well, that's um, good. Maybe because it's it's September and it's still 80 degrees where we are and it's sunlight still at 7 o'clock, but it just doesn't feel like hockey weather yet. Like it, no, it, you're... Yeah. yeah. It, it, it needs to be October for it to be hockey. It needs to be at least a little bit chilly. Agreed. Agreed. It, it, it doesn't feel like hockey season. That and, uh, well... Team USA um, was terrible this World Cup. I, I heard. Yeah, it was <laughs> very extremely not good. Um, I think that does it uh, as far as sports, unless there's anything you wanted to talk about, bring up, or discuss. Um, you know, I, I, I will say one thing. Um, we talked about the Mets. I just want to, for any Yankee fans out there, or the Yankees in general, I got to say, from your fans, and I think I can speak for everyone, we we couldn't be happier. Yeah, you that's true. Guys, you guys did a very painful thing in having a fire sale, which was very un-Yankee-like. And you brought up the rookies, and we watched their struggles, and we've watched them, we've watched them grow. We've watched them succeed, and for the first time since we saw the, the core four back in, what, 96, 97? Mm -hmm. It is it's, – it's exciting for Yankees baseball next year. I, I, it, that's very true. I almost wish that, um, <laughs> that it was baseball season already again because – I think they'll be good next year. I, I'm not sure if they'll be um, 
championship contenders next year, not unless they make a big splash in free agency, which I don't think they will. But, I mean, right. there's just so much promise in this team, and there's so much um, hope for this this crew to develop. A lot of Greg Bird next year. Hopefully, they'll have um, worked out any kinks with Luis Severino, and Tanaka can stay healthy, and, you know, they'll have a full season with Gary Sanchez, and hopefully, oh, Aaron, the Kraken. hopefully, hopefully, Aaron Judge can learn how to hit curveballs. It, it should be, it's yeah. It it's almost like I think if this team had a month more left in the schedule, they probably would make the playoffs. But I think they're just they're they're, they're going to run out of time. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, good show. Um, we're almost show. at uh, 90 minutes, which I think has been a pretty good uh, length for this show. Um, I agree. Over the past I... two weeks. And, and we have a Twitter handle now, don't we? We have a Twitter handle, that's correct. We We should be... We should be getting the word out there on this Twitter handle, and I'll take a little bit of blame for that because I haven't been, um, I have been active on it, and I basically told you, keep tweeting whatever you've been tweeting, so you're sort of like the social media um, savant for Squadcast. It's uh, it's 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 only been giant information so far. <laughs> Um, what is the handle? I know you, is it just Squadcast? So the, the, uh, the handle is at Squad Sports. At Squad, squad Sports. S-U-W-A-D, Sports, S-P-O-R-T-S, no spaces. New York fans ready to tell you when Dez doesn't catch it. That's, that's very good. Yeah, at first, at first I was like not sure about the spelling with the W because, I mean that's how we do it in in our group chat with uh with all of our friends from New York and uh who have branched out elsewhere. Um but I think I think it's time to rebrand it and uh have it squadcast with a W. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Let's do this. So yeah, um we should be back next week. Uh, we'll have more uh, sports news for you and more discussion. Hopefully, Ryan King will be back with us um, as long as he doesn't get <laughs> drunkenly lost in New York City. Uh, Which is a big possibility. Yes. <laughs> and uh, well, he also has a... Don't forget, Manchester United plays tomorrow morning, too, at 7 o'clock. So he might just... Uh, he might just drink through the just night. Stay awake till, till the game. Yeah. <laughs> it would not be the first time he's done that, probably. Probably not. <laughs> um, they play Leicester City tomorrow, too, which should be a pretty good game. Um, but yeah, good stuff, Matt. Same with you, good sir. Same with you. All right. This is uh, 
the Sports Squadcast. I'm Justin Cirillo along with Matt Gochan. Uh, you can follow Squadcast on Twitter at Squad Sports. That's Squad S Q W A D. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin Cirillo. That's Cirillo, Cirillo with C I R I L L O. Matt, uh, do you want to throw your Twitter handle out there too? Yeah, sure. Why not? My Twitter handle is at YatGochan. So it's just my first name with a Y instead of an M. Y-A-T-T-G-O-C-H-A-N. You can follow me for information about the Giants and me making fun of my students. (laughs) Who are all just terrible degenerates that don't know a thing about physics. That is frighteningly accurate. (laughs) All right. Go, Chan. Good stuff. We'll see you next week. Same to you, friend. Same to you. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can find us on iTunes as well as you can find us on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. This is Justin Searle saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.